Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mr. B and McKee. I'm Mr. B. I'm McKee. And today we're introducing a new segment of our show where we break down big movie news, theories, and stories in general. Welcome to Movie Messages. Today we are joined by our good friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Patrick Sheasley. Patrick, how are you, dude? I'm good, thank you for asking. Thanks so much for coming to the show today. We're delighted to have you. Oh, my pleasure. So let's dive in. First, we want to talk about WandaVision. So episode eight, I have to say, I think is my favorite episode so far. What was your? I mean, I, I, it, w- it was not up at the top. I still think, uh, let's see, I think it was episode five is my, is my favorite. But I don't know. Episode eight, I didn't feel like I advanced the plot enough. It was a good emotional backstory, I think. But in terms of plot development and necessity for the show, and it's limited, you know, run. I don't think it was great. Yeah, I saw this as like a filler episode. It, it, it could be there. It could not be there, and it would not make as much of a difference to me. I actually really liked this episode. I thought it was a interesting way to give us the answers um, to like all the questions that they've been building up to. We have the origin for Agatha and the origin of the Hex, and uh, I just think this was the most emotional episode. I think uh, Wanda, I think the loss that Wanda has endured is kind of like explained in a little bit more uh, vivid detail in this one. Yeah, I agree. It was certainly more emotional side of Marvel. I mean, they're t- they tend to be, you know, just big blockbuster action, you know, kaboom pow. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, you know, I mean, Wanda was very emotional. And I mean, same with, I mean, that one line where it was like, what is love? What is grief? What is grief? Yeah, what is grief if not love persevering? Dude, that got me. Like yeah, that that, that that really hit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that whole, like, you know, Civil War set scene I thought was kind of pointless because we already got a lot of that in Civil War with Pepper Cash and all that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Just, it just felt repetitive at times. But that line really stood out, I thought. I think, yeah, Paul Bettany kind of, mm-hmm. not necessarily stole the show, but in those few scenes he was in, I thought he was really, mm-hmm. really good. And then I also thought it was interesting that um, we have the uh, the scene where Wanda is a little girl, and um, and the bomb, the second shell hits, and it doesn't go off. And then Agatha's like, "Yeah, your powers were just dormant at that time," which we thought her powers just came from the uh, the scepter, from the Mind Stone, mm-hmm. but maybe they are like she's, it's either magical or a mutant. And I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I am as well. I'm also interested to see how the post credit scene plays out with the white vision as it's been dubbed by several news sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, my theory is that it's Ultron. Because you have James Spader. And yeah, James Spader's listed as the voice of Ultron. I mean, it's it's possible. So I've seen some theories, you know, white vision is the silver sur- is the silver surfer. I hate I mean that's theories. it's it's I mean it's a little bit out there, but I mean they look kind of similar a little bit. Yeah. I mean like in the comics, when White Vision appears, it's because this one agency uh, dismantles him, and then they build him a new body. But he doesn't retain any of the emotions of um, of Vision. And so I thought, well, who doesn't have any like sympathies or anything? Ultron, and who could inhabit Vision's body? Ultron. And I also think that I'm also curious to see how Hayward kind of mm-hmm. plays into this. Yeah, I think it's interesting also in WandaVision, um, you know, kind of kicking off Phase 4. They seem to be staying a lot more true to the comic books, you know, with costumes and in terms of storylines and, you know, like certain shots. Like there was that one shot from the 70s episode of Wanda and Vision back-to-back. And then, you know, them sword dismantling Vision. 
and White Vision, you know, West Coast Avengers. And there's a lot of uh, comparisons, and I just hope that's something that we continue to see throughout Phase 4. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think this one is, um, they're delving deep into, like, the weird parts of the comics. I feel like um, the first three phases had to be pretty, like, um, watered down. And I think now they're just, like, going for, like, all the weird stuff that happened in the comics, and I'm excited about that. I'm interested to see what they do with her kids, Tommy and Billy, because I could see that going either they don't make it out of the hex or it gets really weird at the end. If they take Tommy and Billy away from me, I swear I will burn Marvel to the ground. <laughs> I am very. Although the one scene where they grew up, like in an instant, it still freaks me out. It haunts my nightmares. I mean, yeah, not to get too off topic, but I definitely think Marvel's going in a Young Avengers direction yeah. with Stature yes. and uh, Kate Bishop and now Billy and Tommy. Yeah, and then we're getting Miss Marvel. And, yeah, yeah Miss Marvel, definitely. And there's the girl from Eternal. I don't know how Eternal, Eternals incorporates into it. That's for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Daft Punk retired this week. This, this past week of re- time of recording, it was last week, they retired. They were good film composers, did a great job on Tron Legacy. I'm sure Patrick will attest to that later. And they had 28 years together. And that's a long time to me to have someone break up after 28 years. Yeah, Patrick, I know you were very passionate about this subject when we talked about it earlier. Yeah, I was devastated. Let's just say that. I couldn't focus on school for the rest of the day. <laughs> I mean, they they were they they were essentially what got me into music like that tron legacy score was the first real i guess music that i chose to listen to and you know not just what your parents put on in the radio for Mm -hmm. on the car rides but yeah i mean 20 i mean i remember listening to that like on the way home from the movie theater you know 10 years ago or i guess 11 years ago now and to see it just come to an end after 28 years is uh really not fun and good yeah (laughs) it's it's sad but i mean they think it's the right move then maybe it's the right move for them i'm curious to see how they like um go forward with this because is daft punk really dead i would be interested to see yeah i mean i think the only other potential project we could get out of them is tron 3 which disney's working Mm -hmm. on reportedly Mm -hmm. with jared leto but um you know if they're not coming back for that i feel like the the hype for that has severely gone down then were they attached already, or was it rumored that they would be? I mean, it was rumored, uh, I think, last July of 2020 um, that, you know, they had they were in talks to score the film, but I don't think Daft Punk ever gave any confirmation. Um, I know Disney expressed an interest to have them back, but I don't know if they ever accepted. So the next topic for discussion is the Superman reboot that is apparently in talks at DC. This is just the worst for me because I really liked Henry Cavill's interpretation of Superman and if they get rid of him I'm going to be very mad. So the, the rumor is that J.J. Abrams is going to be producing a new Superman reboot um, and apparently they're pursuing a black Superman so either it'll be Calvin Ellis from the comics or Val Zod so I'm interested to see um, where that goes. What are you guys' thoughts on this? This could be very interesting. I know that in modern media, Superman is kind of depicted as like this overachieving white guy boy scout, it for lack of a better term. And so I could see this coming either as like big backlash or as a big, this is a good diversity move for DC in the media. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I personally, I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, so I don't know too much about, you know, all this. But I agree that, you know, DC has a much better diversity than marvel 
Marvel's getting there, but DC by far has a much better diversity. And, you know, I don't know all about the DC comics and all that, but I think a black Superman could definitely be interesting. And I agree with McKee, you know, the reactions, it, it, it could really sway either way. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the thing I don't like about this is you're right in that DC does definitely have a much uh, divert, more diverse set of characters than Marvel. And it just seems like a cheap move to just change the race of Superman when you have all these different characters you could choose from. You're just picking the same apple from the tree every time. It always has to be Superman. You've got, like, Cyborg. We haven't gotten a Cyborg movie yet. Black Lightning movie. Um, there's, like, such a big amount of characters you can pick from, but you always got to go back to Superman. I think that's kind of, like, cheap. And to, like, to say that characters race and personality and characteristics are just, like, um, switchable, it, it doesn't feel right, to be honest. And, like, if you just, like, it would be the same thing if you made, uh, like, Captain America a girl or something. And, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just why change a character that you've known for so long instead of just, like, either making a new character or going for a different character? To me, that's my kind of feel on it. I feel like it's just like a cheap marketing move. Because people will go see this movie. I mean, I will go see it. And I'll I mean, it's, yeah, it's got J.J. Abrams, so that's uh, yeah. already... That's another people. thing that's got me worried, though. Because yeah. we have a guy who cannot stick the landing in terms of any movie that's or true. TV show. Like Lost, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. Mm. He does not have a good track record. He has messed up the galaxy in both universes, apparently. With yeah. Star Wars and Star Trek. I could go on forever about how much I hate... Um, the Rise of Skywalker, but we'll table that for a later discussion. <laughs> I think we all could. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the Snyder Cut. Yeah, so this is going to be a big movie, and it appears that Warner Bros. has kind of accepted that the fans were right about this. An unnamed Warner Bros. executive stated everyone knew it. It was awkward because nobody wanted to admit that the jo- Joss Whedon cut of, the Snyder- of Justice League was a piece of garbage. And I think this is a good idea. I mean, it's a rare instance of studios admitting fault. Granted, people are, were all around saying this this movie was terrible, but no one admitted it. And now that DC's admitted it, I feel like this is a good move for them. Yeah, I think what's so interesting about this film is it's actually historic, really, because you have the internet and fans all around campaigning against this movie that they knew had been watered down by executive decisions and had just been made a total shell of what it could have been and so i think this is like a historic a, a historic instance of audiences like changing how a movie uh is um produced really mm-hmm. um you know i mean it, it does seem significant you know the, the fans the fans spoke up and you know this happens with you know tv shows more often than not where they get revived or you know they get brought back but for a movie i think it's pretty rare and I think the the special thing about um, the Snyder Cut is that it will be on HBO Max, and it kind of kicks off that whole you know plan. I mean, obviously other movies have been in, uh, a part of it already, but the plan for Warner Brothers to put all their movies on HBO Max same day, which I know is being debated, but I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how the hype, I guess, for the Snyder Cut kind of impacts how that plays out. And I also thought it was kind of funny how Christopher Nolan. He's one of my favorite directors. 
Um, yeah, best of all time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How he just told Zack Snyder, you can't see that movie. It's awful. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Imagine uh, being Zack Snyder and hearing that, and your heart is just going to sink. Yeah. Oh, man. And I think it's so interesting that Snyder Cut is like – like take uh, Batman v Superman. Like the ultimate cut of that movie is essentially just a more violent um, version of that movie. This is a totally – almost totally different movie that we're going to be seeing. It's like – two hours longer and I'm just I'm very interested to see how this plays out and I also wanted to talk about there's this news of this big cameo at the end uh, my theory is the Martian Manhunter because we've already seen it's already been um, revealed that the Martian Manhunter will be in this film if not for even just like five minutes but so that's my theory on it who do you think uh, the big cameo would be Jackson I think it'll be the Green Lantern because it was already hinted in both the just the original Justice League that came out and I believe it's in the Snyder Cut as well the big war scene with Darkseid Green Lantern are there but there has but he hasn't been technically confirmed although there have been rumors that actors have been billed as the Green Lantern for the Justice League movie yeah the thing about that is Ryan Reynolds has debunked the theory that he will be in Justice League the Snyder Cut uh, so I'm wondering who would they cast as him. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, I'm still in the middle of watching Arrow, and Arrow spoilers ahead, but I know how it ends. And I know that they potentially set up John Diggle as uh, Green Lantern. And, I, and, you know, they had the Flash crossover with uh, Grant Gustin and, what's his name? Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Ezra Miller, yeah. And so, you know, there is that connection. So to get, you know, John Diggle and his actor as Green Lantern, I think would be pretty interesting. Um because he's, I think he said it's you know a surprise cameo that'll be enjoyable for longtime fans of DC, mm-hmm. and then I also saw him saying something about you know it ends on a big cliffhanger, which I think will be interesting too. Um, obviously, I don't know that much, so I don't know what that could be, but just another important part of this movie. Then, mm-hmm. also in DC news was. There was some casting for The Flash that came out, the new Flash movie with Ezra Miller and Annie Muschietti. Technically called Flashpoint, they cast their Supergirl with an actress by the name of Sasha Kai. I don't know how to say it. Callie, I think. Callie. I think I don't, it's Callie. I don't know. Say it again, Sasha Callie. Sasha Callie, who no, has been... like, introduce her again, because I want to cut... I don't want to get you mispronouncing it. I want you to... I want okay. to so the Flash has the new Flash movie with Ezra Miller and directed by Annie Muschietti has been cast their Supergirl by the name of Sasha Cali. And what was interesting about this was Melissa Benoit was very supportive. And for those of you who don't know, Melissa Benoit portrays Supergirl in the CW Arrowverse. And I think this is a good thing. As many were upset that Ezra Miller was cast over Grant Gustin in Justice League because he because Grant Gustin was a fan favorite for his TV portrayal. And so I feel like this approval could lower fans hating on that movie and finding something they could criticize as easily. Yeah, plus I don't think that um, fans have the same loyalty to Supergirl as they do The Flash. Not to say Supergirl... Melissa Benoit's interpretation of Supergirl is really good, I think. But I don't think fans are as loyal and as loving of Supergirl as they are of The Flash. But I definitely think it's interesting that um, we've had like very little news about this movie and now we're getting this news that they cast Supergirl in a Flash movie, which is interesting to me. So I'd be very interested to see if they go in like a Flashpoint route with this movie, 
because everything I'm seeing, like with Michael Keaton's Batman and possibly Ben Affleck, um, is kind of indicating that we're going to get a Flashpoint movie. Our next topic of discussion is Spider-Man No Way Home. So, Patrick, I'm going to let you start with this. All right. So, uh, this past week, uh, Jacob Batalone, Zendaya, and Tom Holland all posted a new still from the movie, as well as a different title um, for the movie. Um, Everyone was very confused at the time, but it was all revealed the next day to be an elaborate prank by the director, John Watts. And the official title was revealed to be Spider-Man No Way Home. And I personally am very much looking forward to this movie especially as it is seen as the sort of part two in this multiverse trilogy for Marvel that kicks off with WandaVision, continues into Spider-Man No Way Home, and then wraps up with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And, you know, I mean, Doctor Strange is my favorite Avenger, so, I mean, there's a good probability that he'll have quite a large role in the movie, Um, you know, along with all these other multiverse casts that we've been hearing rumors of. So, personally, I think this is going to be one of the biggest movies of 2021, for sure. I think this has to be the movie that I'm most excited about for Phase 4 so far. Plus, it might be Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie in the MCU. I doubt it will be, but it might be, because his contract has expired after this movie. Uh, I want to talk about these titles. Uh, So we had um, three titles that they gave us, three different titles, and none of them ended up being the actual title. So we had Spider-Man Phone Home, Spider-Man Homewrecker, and Spider-Man Home Slice. And I gotta say, I like Phone Home better than No Way Home. I don't know why, but I just think it sounds better. I mean, I kind of liked Home Wrecker, just because I found that had a nice little ring to it. But No Way Home is fine. No Way Home, to me, also teases that they're going to have more of a multiverse villain, like with possibly Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning in their respective Spider-Man roles. And as was also has also been confirmed, all from an... Alfred Molina is coming back for Dr. Octopus, as is Jamie Foxx for his Electro. Well, we don't really know that, actually. I think that um, Jamie Foxx was saying that he is, um, that he won't be returning as Electro. But um, I think it's still up in the air. But then again, you know, Tom Holland did say, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire aren't coming back. He is lying But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of lying there. And maybe yeah. Tom Holland has gotten better, you know, since his spoiling days. I mean, I hope he hasn't. I mean, I want information, but at the same time, if he's gotten better at it, then so be it. Yeah, I thought it was funny in the way uh, that they revealed the title through that teaser where they have um, Tom Holland exiting the room and be like, oh, there's another fake title. And he's like, why are they giving us fake titles? Because you spoil everything. <laughs> and I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, another thing about that, that short 30-second video um, was that the way they revealed the title was that it was on a whiteboard with uh, a lot of other potential titles for the movie. Um, you know, one of them was Far From Home, uh, but I think the most notable one, for me at least, was Home Worlds, which I know a lot of people were theorizing would be the title for the movie. And, you know, I think they, they scribbled on the, no, on, the no, on the whiteboard that it was too boring. Um, and maybe this is just something to kind of throw us off the scent, but I definitely think it, they're going to stick with this multiverse. Uh, with Garfield and uh, McGuire. Yeah. Wasn't Kirsten Dunst also confirmed? I could be totally wrong about that. For I Jane. think she and Emma Stone also got confirmed, yeah. That would be interesting to see if they go with uh, Spider-Gwen with Emma Stone. I but, think that would be really exciting. But, I mean, you know, they've had, I would say, at least 20 casting rumors. You know, you have you know um, 
all these characters coming over, you know. There's also the talk of John Cena as Sandman. That was from a while ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of casting rumors going on with this movie. And, you know, same thing with WandaVision. And Marvel's definitely got it down. Um, and I think it'll just add to the surprise. Surprises, whatever they may be. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see, uh, like who's, like the villain sort of of this multiverse because it is a pretty much a multiverse trilogy. I'm betting the person behind all of this is going to be the villain of Doctor Strange too. I don't want to say Mephisto. I think we're all thinking Mephisto. You know, they they. I mean, I'm sorry to be the one to say it, but I mean Mephisto could still very well be the main villain of. WandaVision, um, mm-hmm. you know, there was a Mephisto stained glass window in the Loki trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Loki could also play into this multiverse trilogy, setting up all these different branch timelines, mm-hmm. um, which will definitely be interesting. But, I mean, Mephisto, Nightmare, potentially. There's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. uh, use of the word Nightmare, you know. Um, Quicksilver saying, Unleash Hell, Demon Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of allude, that's got to mean something, you know. Agatha, you know, Devil's in the details, that's not the only place he is. Yeah. They're, they're building up to something. Yeah, plus with, uh, I want to talk about Agatha Harkness. I'm going back to WandaVision a little bit. Uh, when she's talking about how Wanda is the Scarlet Witch because she can like have spontaneous creation and stuff like that, it was kind of weird to me how she's not trying to like harness that power. She looks like she's like threatening Wanda. She doesn't want Wanda to be the Scarlet Witch. So maybe she doesn't want Wanda to be with Mephisto. Maybe she doesn't, she's not a totally bad guy maybe i'm interested to see how that would play out i mean i've seen some theories where um people think that agatha has lost somebody that she's trying to bring back you know i think it was in the 80s episode when wanda said or wanda acknowledged that she could bring people back from the dead and agnes seemed genuinely surprised that she could do that and then you know with vision's line that we talked about earlier agatha was seen wiping a tear away and you know maybe it was sarcasm but maybe it was genuinely heartfelt Mm -hmm. And so maybe she has lost somebody. Um, could be Mephisto. Could be Ralph. Know. Yeah, I mean, I think Senior Scratchy definitely mm-hmm. has something to him. Um, he's got too big of a role for a rabbit this late in the season. And did you see how when, um, maybe this is reading too much into it, but when Agatha has the little uh, fly and then she turns it into a bird and when she gives it to Senior Scratchy mm-hmm. and he eats it, it doesn't look natural. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of, and there's a lot of satanic symbolism in that mm-hmm. whole yeah. um, underground Dungeon. Which is lair, yeah. 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 Dungeon, which is lair, whatever you keep your mm-hmm. kids in these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much for coming on the show, Patrick. It was awesome to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a good time. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Mr. B. McKee. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Mr. B. McKee is a product of the Marist Podcasting Club. It is produced by William Fenstermacher and posted by Tommy Bizzuto and Jackson McKee. Executive producer is also William Fenstermacher. Senior engineer is Tyler Morgan. The theme song is The Duel by Benjamin Tissot, used under the Creative Commons 4 license. Find it at incomptech.com or linked on our website. The views expressed here are the views of the hosts and panelists and do not reflect the views of Marist School or the Society of Marist.